sisters. Welcome back to She is Becoming with the Grace Church Women's Ministry. I am your co-host Delaney and I am here in the studio with Bev. Bev, how are you feeling this morning? Fantastic. Really good. You look like you're feeling good. I'm feeling really good. It's beautiful outside and we're having a good day here together. Yeah, and it's finally fall and I'm so excited to see the leaves like changing. Yeah, it's, it's like, beautiful. It's so beautiful out. So praise God. Amen. Um, just really quick before we get into the episode here, please subscribe to our podcast. Um, when you subscribe, you will get notifications on your phone that there's a new episode. So please do that so you can be up to date with all of our episodes. And then also follow us on Instagram. I am always trying to engage with you on Instagram. And so is Bev. We like to ask questions on there and we just want to hear your responses. And we really want to engage with you in that way. Also, another quick little plug here, Bev and I have been doing the United in Christ Bible study with the Grace Church Women's Ministry, and we've been loving it. Oh, that is for sure. Boy, were we well-fed this week, We huh? really were. Think we, of all we learned on that first teaching time. It was amazing. It's been amazing. So if you want to get plugged into that, DM us on Instagram or like honestly put a comment under the podcast or something. We will get you involved. Okay. So Bev, what are we going to talk about today? Well, one of my favorite topics and something I've been thinking a lot about lately, and that is, what is our calling? Mm. I find that so many people are interested to, to try to understand how God calls us to specific things. So we're going to look at some examples from the Bible and learn a lot from them. We're also going to, at the end of the podcast, listeners, Delaney and I are going to share our personal experience with calling. Yeah, we definitely have been called by God to this ministry and to this podcast, so we'd love to share that with you. Um, really quick before we just start talking about the characters in the Bible and how they've been called by God, what is calling? What does that mean? And a great definition um, of calling is that calling is an outworking of God's purpose through our life. Calling is an act of God. It's divine, and it's what God has intended for you and for your life. So I think that's just kind of a good um, definition, so you kind of understand what we're talking about. If you've never heard before. Yeah, that's that's important to know that basic. And um, there's many callings that the Bible speaks about, but we're going to try to isolate it a little bit more to, of course, the first call for salvation and then the call into the specific work or uh, ministry area that he's calling us into. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to start today by talking about Isaiah. We've studied Isaiah 6 um, a little bit in our uh, episode on holiness, but this is just so foundational. So I'm going to refresh your memory on Isaiah 6 really quick. It says that Isaiah saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with a train of his robe filling the temple. And so there's this picture. Um, Isaiah sees the Lord, and there's two seraphim above God and they're shielding his face and they're basically praising God. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. So wow. God, isn't that wow. beautiful? Could you imagine? I, I, every time I read that, I kind of get the chills. I do too. It's such a beautiful picture. So God is revealing himself, his holiness and his glory to Isaiah. And let me tell you, Isaiah's astounded. He actually cries out, woe is me for I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That is powerful. So God then symbolically purifies um, Isaiah's sin by having the seraphim touch a burning coal to Isaiah's lips. And God says to Isaiah, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity has been taken from you, and your sins have been forgiven. And then this is when God asks Isaiah this question. He asks, 
Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Can you imagine that? God asking you this question? I think he asks all of us that question. I think he does too. <laughs> I do, for sure. And this us is is the is the Trinity, the Father, God, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is a clear call from God. It's actually an audible call from God when God asks Isaiah this question. I love it. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah's response is, here am I, send me. And I want you to just notice really quick this order of events that we have here. First, God reveals himself to Isaiah. He shows Isaiah his holiness, his majesty, his glory. And that's a call to repentance. When we see our need, when we see God, we see our need for him. That holiness, remember, that we've talked about, it exposes your need for God. And seeing this, Isaiah cries out for repentance. And so then the third order of events here is that God forgives and purifies Isaiah of his sin. And then we, so that's the salvation piece that we were talking about, that call to salvation. And then we have the call to ministry. And I, and God, when God says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? So after this cleansing of sin comes this calling from God. So it's, it's a very specific order of events that I want you to notice. And Isaiah's old life is gone. Old him, old Isaiah, gone. And the new one has come. Isaiah is now a different person. He has a different identity because he's forgiven. And he's chosen, he's forgiven, and he's called. This is his new identity, his new person. And so Isaiah's response to God's call is complete obedience and devotion. He says, here I am, send me. And recognizing our identity before God as chosen and as forgiven, it enables us to respond to God in the same way that Isaiah did. I want to be devoted to you. I want to obey you. And I love that. And God called Isaiah out of his sin and he commissioned him for what that, for calling. Remember, calling means outworking of God's purpose in his life. And what a beautiful call of Isaiah. Isn't Isaiah like such a beautiful book and like the calling that God has given Isaiah? It's so specific and, you, and unique. It's it's beautiful, but what is awfully, a it was hard road as well. I mean, he pronounced judgment on all these different nations. Yes, he predicted the, you know, the coming of the Messiah, so many glorious passages, so many comforting passages, but also he had a stern word for those people who had rejected God. It was a beautiful and weighty call. Oh, that's, that's I a love good that. Way it's to put it's it. a weighty call. So a book of Isaiah contains everything that you just said, the call to the to repentance. Um, and then Isaiah also had that call to prophesy the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He did. He did. Well, let's move on. Should we? Should yeah. we go someplace in the New Testament now? Let's go to the Apostle Paul. Yes, my fave. Yeah, uh, we have done some teaching on this in uh, our new Bible study that we yep. just started yep. last week. Paul was a Jewish person. He grew up in Tarsus, a Roman city. He was really well educated. He was bilingual. He also had dual citizenship. He was a citizen of Israel as well as Rome. Uh, he studied under the best teachers. He was sent to Jerusalem to study under these teachers. He was super zealous for his faith. Yeah, He was um, to the point where he actually started persecuting Christians, Stephen being one that is mentioned specifically, um, where they stoned Stephen, a Christian. He was there holding the coats of other people as they stoned Stephen. Wow. I, I consider Paul like a tornado. He became so obsessed with um, getting to the uh, Christians and persecuting them, putting them in jail. Um, but Paul, on the road to Damascus, was called. 
he received a personal call from the Lord Jesus Christ. I like to put it this way. He was knocked off his high a horse. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. And he met Jesus there. And Paul even writes in his epistles that he met Jesus. Uh, he was blinded by the moment. Um, he became so weak, he had to be taken into the city, and he lay motionless for many days, waiting on the Lord and realizing that Jesus Christ was the Lord. Paul uh, has a, a gentleman come to him named Ananias. God sent Ananias to Paul to, to pray over Paul and to have Paul's eyes be restored. Paul immediately immediately starts preaching and proving from Scripture that Christ was the Messiah. What a shift. What a shift. After he had a brief preaching time, he went into Arabia for three years. Paul, the persecutor, becomes persecuted as he goes about his life now for the rest of his life. That's powerful. Uh, preaching for Christ, yes. Wow. What a turnaround. So what's here in Paul's story for us to learn about calling? Well, first of all, God prepares us in advance. Even before he knew he would become a Christian or who Christ really was, God was preparing him in his education, in his dual citizenship, where he lived, who he was, who his parents were. All of that was part of God's preparation in advance. He doesn't waste a thing in our background. He's going to use it all when he calls us. Amen. Secondly, God can cause us to do a 180-degree turn, like you said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and very often, it's the most unlikely. The person mm -hmm. you think, that person would be the least likely to ever come to Christ, and certainly Paul was him. Yeah, that's our God, though. Whew. It is. It is. No one's too tough for him. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And third, God knows how to get your attention. Yeah. <laughs> uh, scripture says that uh, Jesus said to him, Paul, why are you kicking against the goads? In other words, God had been goading him. That was kind of a long stick they used to control animals. He, he's saying to him, Paul, I've been goading you all along. I've been trying <laughs> yeah. to guide you in this direction, I and you've been that. stubborn. Yeah. And so, but God knows how to get our attention, and he certainly did, Paul. Fourth, God will use other people to call us. Here he used Ananias, who went rather reluctantly at first, but obedient to the Lord. He went, he prayed, he called Paul Brother Paul, even though he feared him because of his former persecution. So God will use other people to call us, Ananias. He also used Barnabas to call Paul into active missionary work. And number five, immediate obedience is real obedience to a call. Wow, can you say that again? Immediate obedience is real obedience to a call. That's powerful. So, questions. Could you be going the opposite direction of God's call on your life? And do you see how he has been at work preparing you, equipping you to answer his call? Who is encouraging you to answer his call? Will you say yes and trust him to provide all that you're going to need in that call? Amen. I love that because I definitely can see those pieces that you said in my own story of calling. Yes. I know you can too. Absolutely. I definitely can see can, those. Can we go to the Old Testament again, Delaney? Yeah, well, I, I like calling. this flip-flop. New yeah. Testament, Old Testament. I love that. So let's go to Isaiah. Or Isaiah, we just talked about him. Let's go to Hosea, who we have talked a little bit about before, but this guy has a unique calling from God, to say the least. Um, 
So God had entered into a covenant with the people of Israel, which they kept breaking, and they played the harlot, which means they were continually unfaithful and they didn't keep up their end of the covenant. And they worshiped idols and they worshiped false gods instead of the one true God. And so in Hosea 1, it says that the word of the Lord came to Hosea and said, go take to yourself a wife of harlotry and have children of harlotry for the land commits flagrant harlotry forsaking the Lord. I want you to notice this because this call was Hosea's whole life. Like this affected his whole life. Like Hosea's whole life portrayed what God was calling him to. You see that it's his wife and his children. Mm-hmm. Like this is his life. Yeah. And so Ho- Hosea obeys God despite what it cost him. And I'm sure it was deep pain and deep hurt having a wife that was continually unfaithful to him. But God's call to Hosea was not just something that he did. It was his life. And this is a key truth that we really want you to understand about calling. God's call on your life will not just be something you do. It permeates every aspect of your life. It's, yeah. it's You like can't separate it. You can't. You can't. God uses a person and who you are in that call is just as important as the call or the work itself. Yeah, so it's not just something like, I'm going to show up to this podcast here today, I'm going to do it, and then the call is over. No, 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 no. This is the call from God on my whole life. So in the same way um, that Hosea's call from God on his life really probably was deeply hurtful and like had a lot of pain, and it cost him something, in the same way your calling might cost you a great deal. Um, It may require pain, sacrifice, and suffering, but God's call is serious, and it's sobering. And I love what you said earlier, Bev, that it it requires obedience. It really does. Mm -hmm. And so a question we have for you, too, is, like, are you willing to be obedient to what God is calling calling you, despite the cost? Are you willing to be obedient? And, you know, Hosea continually, like, loved his wife um, as God relentlessly loves us despite um, us being unfaithful to him and putting other things before him. And in the end, Hosea and his wife's relationship was restored, which is super beautiful. And it actually points to God restoring his relationship with us through his son, Jesus. And the call of God is worth it. But can you handle the cost? Exactly. Boy, who says the Bible is boring? Yeah, I don't know. They clearly (laughs) haven't read it. No, clearly. Clearly not. Clearly. What a call Hosea had. And If we flip-flop now back to the New Testament, uh, let's talk about Jesus doing some calling of his disciples. And and there's a lot to be learned here in how Jesus went about this calling and who he called. We have to turn to John chapter 1, and we read about John the Baptist there and how he points out Jesus as the Lamb of God. Andrew, and presumed John, though unnamed, uh, hear that from John the Baptist, and they start following Jesus. And Jesus then invites them to spend time with him. Andrew then goes and tells his brother Simon, who Jesus renames, by the way, Peter. See, he understands what we're going to become as he calls us. I love that. The next day, Jesus calls Philip to follow him. And Philip then, in turn, tells Nathaniel about Christ. Jesus, being all-knowing, speaks about Nathaniel's pure heart and that he was sitting, formerly sitting under a fig tree before he even met Jesus. Well, Nathanael's astounded, and he declares that Jesus is the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus tells Nathanael he will see more than this miracle. This is just the beginning, Nathanael, of the great things you're going to see from God through Christ. So what do we learn about calling in this first scene? We're going to look at several scenes of him calling his disciples. Well, first of all, 
We have to start following Jesus. It's in the context of a relationship with the Lord that we are called. Yeah, amen. Like John the Baptist, we also have to let people go from one calling to the next if they are to follow Jesus to the next thing. Sometimes, especially I I was in leadership for a long time and calling other leaders, and sometimes it was hard to give them over to another ministry. So I admire here John the Baptist that he was willing to let go and let them start following Christ and leaving him. Third, the Lord's call will mean personal transformation of character, like Simon to Peter, which means rock. Uh, So that happens in the context of the call. He's going to, you may not feel worthy of the call, but he fits you to the call. He transforms your life. Which is what we're all about here. We are. This is what we're here to do. This is what our key verse was, that we would be transformed. Amen. And also, we have a role in, in the Lord's calling of others. Andrew brought his brother Simon. Philip brought Nathaniel. So I wonder who in your life... Uh, do you feel that God might be calling that you need to bring to Christ? It's a great picture of it. Second snapshot of Jesus calling his disciples is found in Luke 5 and in Matthew 4. But Luke, he was the detail guy of the Gospels. Mm-hmm. He gives us a more complete picture. Jesus is teaching, and then he, right on the seashore there, he asks these fishermen if he could use their boat because when you're in a, the boat, the voice carries over the water really easy. So it was like a early... Uh, microphone. Microphone. Yeah, system. megaphone. There we yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. Well, when he asked them to use the boat, of course, these men uh, agreed because obviously they had been listening to him too. And then when he had finished teaching, Jesus said to the, these fishermen, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. So they had worked all night. This time of day, the, the fish were not supposed to be where they were, and it, it clearly was going to be a miracle because they had a huge catch and couldn't even hardly haul it into the boat. But uh, Peter was one who obeyed the Lord, even beyond his own knowledge and good sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Jesus promises them later in a few verses later, he says, now you're going to be fishers of men. They left their nets and from then on followed Jesus. So they had some of this earlier exposure, but there were two sets of brothers here that followed Christ after this incident. So what do we learn about calling here, Delaney? Um, first of all, there are many preliminary steps of obedience before a call usually. usually. Yeah where you're doing small steps, like maybe God is just having you to really take seriously the study of his word or to get a real prayer life, you know, that's more consistent. And I think we don't even like that. We don't even always recognize them too. No, we don't. We don't. But God, that's how he he works in our lives. Uh, A call from God most assuredly will cause us to leave a former way of life. And you mentioned that in Isaiah so beautifully. Ain't that true? I mean, they left their fishing life. That was their their whole uh, income, everything. That was their life. And they walked away from it to follow Christ. And third, as we follow Christ, we will be fruitful. He promised Mm -hmm. them an abundant catch. And we can only do that when we're doing his call obediently and with his power and to his glory and never to our own. Amen. 
And it takes faith. It took a great deal of faith for these fishermen to walk away from the old life into the new. And that's one of my uh, things that I look at. If this is a real call from God, will it take faith? Right. Because whatever God calls us to, it's going to take faith. It's like this. It reminds me of the story of Abraham where he had to leave everything that he knew when God called him. And he left his family, his land, everything to follow God. He dropped it all. He did. He did. And that's some serious faith. It's serious faith. Yeah, that we could have done him too. But there's so many in the Bible. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, more keep coming to mind. They're all all a demonstration of that faith in following God's call. But I want to do one more little scene here in Luke 6. Here Jesus spends the night in prayer. And then in the morning, he calls all of his disciples to himself, and he chooses 12 of them to be apostles. So Jesus prayed the entire night in order to select these 12 men that were going to be apostleship. So he had many disciples, followers, learners. That's what a disciple is. But apostleship was a specific call and a unique office for a special task. That's a good distinction. It isn't it? It's helpful to to realize that. They weren't just disciples. They were apostles, Mm. an office. So here we should note the importance of prayer in the calling of God. Praying before the call, at the call, after the call, God's call cannot be answered without close communication with the one who calls us. This makes sense. Yeah. And then secondly, the Lord chooses. It is, he gives gifts as he so desires and he calls where he so desires. The Lord chooses. And when we let God choose for us, we get the very best. Now, we may not see it at the moment, but time will reveal it. Delaney from the bottom of my heart, I would have never picked or asked God for the life I have now. I didn't know uh, how rich that life with him would be. And if I had followed my own way, I would probably have some job in fashion. And (laughs) um, I feel that. Yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't have had the so much. I would have lost so much following my own path. I believe it. I want to hear, can you tell us about it? Like, how do you, how did God call you like to ministry? Well, it's been an an interesting life <laughs> as he's done that. I started some Bible study, and I just had a love and a thirst for his word. I It couldn't be contained. I started reading all the classics, everything I could get my hands on. And then in the late 20s, in my late 20s, um, we a few of us who had been in Bible study fellowship wanted to study in the summer. So five or six of us gathered around the table, and no one wanted to lead. And my mentor said to me, you should lead. And I, I said, love me? that. She was like, I'm go the ahead. Lead? No, I, no, not me. <laughs> and then my mother-in-law, who was a godly Bible teacher, gave me an opportunity to take her class and to teach. Well, all that preparation was a lot. It, all that was really just preparation, getting me used to the idea of being in front of people and of teaching. Then I had a summer Bible study for a long time. But when I, the big call was to be the teaching leader to Bible study fellowship. And the three years preceding that, I feel God gave me a vision for that ministry. But I was tortured, Delaney, tortured for three years. I kept thinking, what is this? Do I have the biggest pride and ego imaginable that I would even think myself to do something like Mm. that? And then I went through a whole season of confession of sin. I would spend a whole day confessing sin. I just felt so unworthy and... um, and but yet the door was closed, and I thought I just must be making this up. Yeah, I, I don't understand God. But then people started to confirm it. Scripture passages were all confirming it, and then finally it did come. 
It seemed like the Holy Spirit had been like prompting you for a long time. A long time, a long time. But it was not an easy journey. That call was not easy. And then two years ago, God challenged me to close that call, that that call was over after 30 years of teaching. But now, and he challenged me that I had to close that door before the next door of the next call would come, which what? I just said, it takes faith. Yeah. That's, a, that's an, a, an obvious thing. When God is calling, it always takes faith. So I had to close one door before the other doors would open. Well, I was just really enjoying retirement, and all of a sudden, God started to bring to me women to mentor. Uh, I had the opportunity to become a regular guest on Faith Radio, and then this regular podcast with you, Delaney. Do you know I have chased down none of this? It really has come to me, and it's just been a gift from the Lord. Um, he didn't let me rest very long. I think I had two or three months where yeah, <laughs> I kind of caught it. my breath. Yeah, But I'm loving my new life, and I'm loving my new call. That's because I love that God has ordained these next steps for you, which is super beautiful. Isn't it? Isn't it? Even at 66, I received new calls. So, you know, don't think because you're too old women or you're too young or you're too this or too that, that God's not going to got to have a, he's got a call for you. Amen. So talking about somebody too young, Delaney. Oh, yes. Your turn. (laughs) Your turn. How did you get a call into ministry? Um, I'll be honest, like since I've been a kid, I would say that missions has been something on my heart. Like, I've always had a deep love for missions. I remember when missionaries would come to speak, and it would always pierce my heart. And I never knew, um, I never really thought I would do anything with it, because my dad's a pastor, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do ministry, because I was just, like, being annoying. But I was clear that, like, from an early age, like, the Holy Spirit was already, like, prompting me. And so, you know, when I got older, I took a spiritual gifts test. It said that my spiritual gift... One of them is evangelism, which means I really have a heart for lost people. So pieces of like God's calling in my life, like we're slowly starting to fall uh, fall into place or unfold to me, really. But I didn't exactly know like what kind of ministry or mission field like God was calling me to yet. And my circumstances definitely decided that for me. Um, Getting pregnant at 19 and becoming a single mom. God called me to be a mother to my son. Beautiful. The best call. I love motherhood and grandmother. Amen. It's like, that's like a tremendous calling to love him, like raise him as a godly man. Like that is like a huge and important call in my life. And so that was kind of like the first call to ministry was to my son. And then I just, the Lord just began to call me to women's ministry. And I think it was, I've always loved women. Um, and then I really started loving the single moms. I started, I joined a single mom group. I loved them. And so it just became like this thing where I just had a huge heart for women and women's ministry. And I kind of did the same thing as you where like, I started to serve with younger women and like mentoring younger girls. And, um, now I like to, I walk alongside women of every age, like in discipleship on this podcast. And so I think it was just like the Holy Spirit's prompting me for so long. And then other people in my life being like, hey, like I've been praying for you for this. That was like, and then my circumstances was all very confirming. Mm -hmm. You know, that is how the Lord works, Delaney. But how from that early age, you had something in your heart there. God had planted there. And that's not uncommon. That's usually when most people get called to, you know, full-time ministry is is in childhood. Yeah. And we'll see what else the Lord has for my life too. Um, But this is where I'm at right now. And I love God's call for my life. And 
honestly, like none of this was a coincidence. It wasn't a coincidence that God called me from an early age. It wasn't a coincidence that I got pregnant. It was none of this was a coincidence. It was God ordained. And it's not um, a coincidence that I would I used to toss restlessly in my bed, like broken over lost people. And that my heart led to like ache for the unborn. Like all of these were not a coincidence. This was God ordaining the call on my life. And so um, in the same way, our lives are a series of callings. God calls us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. He calls us to repent, to turn away from sin and believe. He calls us into fellowship and relationship with Christ. We see that in 1 Corinthians 1.9 and Acts 2.30. And he calls us into his kingdom and his glory. And God calls us saints. And thus he gives us the calling of saints. And I just want that to sink in for a minute for you that the king of the universe, the creator God Almighty, powerful as he has summoned and called you. Mm. How powerful is that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that's like beautiful that he would call me, use me like, you know. It's an act of his love, isn't it? It is. And his care and his personal attention to our lives and the fact that we could have that kind of purpose in our life, his that kind of call on our life. He doesn't want to see us just go through life blindly and and without purpose and with no eternal uh, impact from our lives. It's such a blessing to know that God calls. Amen. Well, we want to end this today. We could talk forever on this topic, and I would love to hear some of the feedback. So please do give us some feedback on your experiences of calling as well. Yes. So our challenge, we always like to leave you with a challenge and a prayer. So our challenge to you, sister, is this. Ponder this. Have you answered his call to receive Christ? Remember, it starts with a relationship with him. And then what is God calling me to do? Has he already called me to something, but I just need to take that step of faith and obey and to do it now? Yeah. Delaney, would you pray for those listeners who are just contemplating this whole concept and perhaps wondering if they are being called? Yeah, let's let's pray here. Um, Father God, I thank you so much for calling me to salvation. I thank you for calling Bev. And I pray for the sister out there who maybe is doesn't know if, Um, she wants to accept you yet or receive you yet, I pray that you would just call them to you. And I pray that you will give clarity to the sister who isn't sure about um, their call for ministry. And I just thank you so much that you do give us calling and you give us this purpose and that we're not just walking through life aimlessly. So we love you, Lord, and we just thank you so much for who you are. And in your name we pray. All right, sisters. Well, it was so great to be with you. Join us in two Mondays on She Is Becoming.